0: humorous, that every day that week, uh, as people entertained me for meals and had me into their homes, I had some sort of a chicken dish every day that week. But of course, that's what people say. You know, you're supposed to feed chicken to the preacher, right? And so I had chicken. I had chicken every day of the week. And I kind of laughed about that, and I told Cindy, I said, uh, I'd like something different today. Well, by the time evening rolled around and supper time, Cindy had forgot I said it. She served me chicken that night, (laughs) ready for something different. Do you understand the idea of that which is different? When we think of difference, we think of something that has some contrast to it, something different, something contrasted to the other. In the reading that Gordon did for us just a few moments ago, he read about Caleb, And it says there in the text that Caleb had a different spirit about him. King James Version said he had another spirit, but it is this idea. And I think newer translations are more accurate here. He had a different spirit. There was something different about Caleb. You remember, Caleb was one of the 12 spies that Moses sent into the Promised Land to spy it out, to see what it was like. When they came back from that, 10 of those spies gave a very negative report. (coughs) Not, in, not as we'll talk about in just a minute, it was not in regards to the land itself, but it was in regards to their ability to possess the land. And the ten spies discouraged the rest of the Israelites. Caleb and Joshua were the two spies who gave a, a positive report, we can take the land because God is with us. But we want to concentrate on Caleb this morning and upon this idea that he was different, that there was a contrast, a difference between him and the others. Caleb was a great man of faith, And this different spirit that he possessed is the kind of spirit that we need to have in serving the Lord. We'll talk about that for a few minutes in our lesson. Before we go there, let let us stop to thank you all for being here on this Lord's Day morning. We're glad that you're here. We're glad we have this occasion to assemble together to worship God. And we certainly hope by virtue of our coming together that he will be glorified. That's our primary objective is to glorify our God in heaven. We hope he will be pleased and glorified by the service that we offer him today. And we also hope that all of us as worshipers will be encouraged and strengthened, edified in the most holy faith. Uh, We hope that will be achieved as well. If you're visiting with us today, we're so glad that you came our way. We hope you'll come back every time you have a chance. And, of course, we're absolutely open to any questions that you might have about the Bible, about what we're doing here at College View, about why we're doing it the way we do it and so forth. If you'll just say a a word, we'll be glad uh, to talk with you about those things. Thanks for being here this morning. Let's talk about Caleb and this different spirit. And of course, if we're going to talk about the different spirit that he had, we're going to have to contrast Caleb to the majority, to what the others were thinking, how they were going about it. Uh, and I think the scriptures are very clear to point out that contrast. If you have your Bibles available, turn with me to Numbers chapter 14, 13, chapters 13 and 14 uh, are where these events unfold concerning the spies and and their return from spying out the promised land and what they had to say. First of all, the majority of people agreed that it was a very good land. In chapter 13, notice verse 23. Numbers 13 at verse 23. Now, this is the majority report. Nobody disagreed about this. It says in verse 23 of, of Numbers 13, uh. They came to the brook of Escol, cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they bare it between two upon a staff, and they brought, it, uh, and they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. Skip down to verse 27. Uh, we came into the land, whether thou sent us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. So even the majority agreed there's nothing wrong with that land. and In fact, it's amazing. I've always... That's the one description of it that always stood out in my mind. One cluster of grapes, and it took two men to carry it on a a pole between them on their shoulders. They carried this one cluster of grapes. It was certainly a great land. Nobody disputed that. Caleb agreed, but he went further. Caleb said it's not only a good land, but it's certainly worth fighting for. Look in chapter 14, uh, beginning in verse 7. In chapter 14, verse 7, Caleb said, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. So Caleb was willing to go further in regards to the land, Not only to acknowledge that it was a good land, but he says it's a land we're fighting for. We need to put forth the effort. We need to seize it. We need to take it. The majority said, no, we're not able. Go back to chapter 13 again. In chapter 13, verse 31, the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it out, is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. And so I've I've always been impressed by that expression. Talk about feeling little. We think when they saw us, they thought we were grasshoppers. We certainly felt like grasshoppers. We'll never be able to take that land. The giants are there. Now, remember that name, the sons of Anak. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But uh, there's no way. The majority said there's just no way we can take it. But as we already pointed out there in Numbers 14, verse 9, Caleb said we can take it. We're able because God is with us. It was not his confidence in his own ability or their own abilities. His confidence was in the Lord. We can take it because the Lord will fight for us. The Lord is on our side. He had that confidence. The majority said, "We better just turn around and go back to Egypt. In chapter 14, beginning verse 1, all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey. Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? This is a pretty amazing thing when you think about all that the Israelites had seen, all the power of God that had been manifested to them, all the power that, ha- that they saw when they were in Egypt as God brought those plagues upon the Egyptians, but also the power that he had manifested since they left Egypt. They crossed the Red Sea on dry land, uh, the, the pillar of cloud and pillar of fire that guided them through their wilderness wanderings. Uh, the manna, the quails, um, the the awesome sights at Mount Sinai. They had seen so much. For them to express this kind of fear and doubt and say, we'd be better off to go back to Egypt, go back to where we were slaves That's really an incredible thing. Of course, Caleb, in contrast to them, this different spirit of Caleb said, we need to go up at once and possess it. Notice 13, verse 30. Caleb stilled the people before Moses said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. Uh, Caleb was completely of a different mindset. Uh, They said, we better just go back to Egypt. We'll be slaves again, but at least we'll live in Egypt. Caleb said, no, let's go up right now. Right now, no delay. No reason to hesitate. Let's go right now. We're just pointing out this different spirit in Caleb. Those Israelites were described as being rebellious. Notice in chapter 14 at verse 4, they said one to another, Let us make us a captain. Let us return to Egypt. In verse 9, Caleb warned them, uh, "Rebel not against the Lord. This would be rebellion, right? If you choose a leader and go back to Egypt, you'd be rebelling against God. Their, their thoughts and actions were of rebellion. On the other hand, Caleb, uh, it says, Follow the Lord fully. In chapter 14, verse 24, Fourteen, twenty-four, This different spirit... My servant Caleb, because he had a different spirit in him, hath followed me fully. He followed God fully. No rebellion in Caleb. Notice that God said what these others were doing, what the majority was doing, was actually a case of failing to believe, lack of faith. They were guilty of unbelief. In chapter 14, verse 11, the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? How long will it be ere they believe me? for all the signs which I have showed among them. It was unbelief. What they, were, what they were manifesting as they trembled at the thought of those inhabitants of the land and they, they were convinced they couldn't take it. What God says about them is that they were guilty of unbelief. Uh, Caleb was different than that. In fact, Caleb was different, so different that when it came time to, many years later, by the way, when it finally became time to allocate different possessions within the land of the promised land go over into the book of Joshua for a minute uh, we have to skip way ahead 40 years or more ahead in Joshua chapter 14 in Joshua chapter 14 beginning verse 9 Caleb is talking he said Moses Swear on that day, saying, Surely the land wherein thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance, and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. Now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive. And he said, These forty and five years, ever since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Now therefore give me this mountain, whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how that the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be, the Lord will be with me. Then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. So uh, Caleb, not only did Caleb believe in God, But when when it actually came time to demonstrate whether he believed or not, it wasn't wasn't just saying that verbally he believed God, but when it came down to the actual doing of it, he said, give me the mountain where the giants are. The giants that scared the others so much, that's the part I want. I want to go against the giants. And so while the others were guilty of unbelief, his faith was fully on evidence. Obviously, what happened to the majority is that they... were were not able, they rejected the land. Uh, In chapter 14, verse 31 of Numbers, it actually suggests they rejected the promise of God. But Caleb, on the other hand, did possess the land, and he took possession of that mountain where the Anakims were, and he was victorious. Okay, quite a bit of background there, I, I, I acknowledge, but we'll go quickly now just to bring this home to us. It's one thing to talk about a Bible story like that and I think it's a great encouragement even just to talk about someone like Caleb and what a great spirit he had and the powerful faith that he possessed. But I think the the thing that really makes this a profitable thing to consider is to see how that compares to ourselves. Caleb had this different spirit and obviously it was a spirit that the Lord that pleased the Lord that honored the Lord that the Lord respected. And he's held up as an example. And so the question to us would be, do we have that sort of spirit? or Would we be, would we be like majority or would we be like Caleb? Let me just quickly suggest several places uh, along the lines of the points that we've already made. What about us? First of all, we acknowledge that God's blessings are good, right? I don't think anybody would... If you talked about things like heaven and eternity... If we went out in the in the general public today, do you think heaven will be a wonderful place? Everybody's going to say, sure, obviously. It's, it'll be perfect. It'd be heaven. The question is not whether we acknowledge whether heaven would be great. The question is, would we be willing to fight for it? Would we be doing would we be willing to do what it took to possess it? You see, the majority agreed that the promised land was fine, but it was Caleb who said, we've got to go fight for it. We've got to do what it takes to get it. God will be with us, and we can. In First Timothy chapter, excuse me, let me go back here. In First Timothy chapter six, verse 12, First Timothy chapter six verse 12, Paul says to Timothy, "Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. That's what we've got to do. We've got to be willing to fight the fight, to possess eternal life. Just like Caleb said, "Let's go for it." Let's fight for it. It's worth it. We need to have that attitude. There's way too many people in this world who would give lip service to the desire to go to heaven, but they're not doing anything to possess it. What about us? Do we see it as something worth fighting for? Remember that Caleb's view of this was: we can do it, not by our own, not by our own strength. He said we can do it. We can do it because God will be with us, and that's the same that we view these challenges that are before us as we seek to possess heaven. We need to understand that God will be with us. We can succeed. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can do all things through but not by my own power, he said, through Christ which strengthens me. God will be with us. As we seek to do what is right, God will bless us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 1 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning verse 10 Notice that the context of this is even about those Israelites. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, beginning verse 10, "...neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all of these things happen unto them, for example, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. God is, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that year are able." But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. And so the promise is we can do it. We can succeed. And God will help us. We need to be of the mindset of Caleb. We can do it because God will be with us and God will bless us. Remember, the majority wanted to turn back. Caleb wanted to go forward. And certainly that needs to be our mindset as well. Determined to move forward. We need to think like Paul thought in Philippians chapter 3, beginning verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I'm not there yet. But I'll tell you what, I'm moving forward. I keep pressing for the prize. That's what we've got to do. Don't turn back. Keep moving forward, serving God faithfully. Expecting his blessings as we go. Let's see, this thing's not working real good for me. Here here we go. Here's our here's our next question. What about us? Will you follow God fully? That's what Caleb did, right? There's no hesitation, no wavering. He was determined to do God's will. And that's what we have to do too. Follow God fully. In all aspects of our lives. In our Bible class this morning we were talking about the, the important requirement to love one another, uh, to manifest love for our brethren. Uh, it's just one example of the, of, the, of the things that we may fail in. We may be doing fine in many respects, but failing in some others. Uh, we need to follow God fully. I think that's a re- remarkable expression that was made about Caleb, and that's something that we need to strive for. Could it be said when our lives are done that we followed God fully? Don't shy away from even the greatest challenges. You've got to be impressed with Caleb that he said, give me the country, give me the hill, give me the mountain where the giants are. The giants, that, that seems to me to be the thing that really scared the majority of people off. They're giants there. They are so powerful that they made us feel like we were just grasshoppers in their sight. They probably thought we were grasshoppers when they saw us. That, that really scared them didn't scare Caleb. He wouldn't shy away from even the greatest challenge. He says, give me the place where the giants dwell. I want that spot. Remember, of course, at this time, he was a good bit older than anybody else in Israel, except Joshua. He and Joshua were the only two who had been allowed. Remember, when the punishment came to the majority, those 20 years old and older were going to die off in the next 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. And so... Caleb said he was 85 now at at this point. But they were considerably older than any of the rest. Joshua and Caleb were. Caleb didn't say, "Leave that for some of the young people to challenge. I'm going to take it easy. I'm an old man now. I don't want I don't want to have to to, to work or be challenged." He didn't do that. He was not shying away from even the greatest challenge, and we need to have that same mindset. And then Simply, the, the, the last question is, will you accept and possess the promises of God or will you reject his offer? That's what happened, right? Uh, amongst the Israelites, some, the majority, rejected the offer of God, refused to accept his promises, and because of their unbelief, they wandered in the wilderness and died there. On the other hand, Joshua and Caleb especially, we're emphasizing Caleb. Caleb had the spirit about him, a different spirit in which he was willing to accept and possess the promises of God. What about us? Will we accept the promises of God? And will we do what it takes to possess the things that he offers to us? That involves our determination as to whether or not we will obey him in our lives. What about us? Do we have that different spirit that characterized Caleb? Uh, what about you this morning? Are you a child of God? Have you obeyed that simple gospel plan of salvation? Upon hearing the truth from God and the things that he promises and offers to us, upon hearing these things, will you believe it? Will you act upon that faith? The penning of sins, confessing faith in Jesus, being baptized for the remission of sins. If you've never obeyed those simple steps... We hope you make that decision this morning. If you need help, uh, if you need more Bible study, just say a word. We'd be glad to assist you. If you're a Christian already, but you've been manifesting a lack of faith and you've not been moving forward with that same spirit that Caleb had, if you've fallen back in rebellion against God, we urge you to come back to him in repentance, confession, and prayer. If we can help, let us know while we stand and sing this song.